Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the series, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Experiences, where Dr. Jones teaches how God uses everyday normal people to accomplish amazing things for the kingdom of God. Now let's join him for today's message. You may be like me of having gone into a movie or a TV show or even a play. You may have visited the theater and you're going to watch a particular show, movie, or performance and you may have read a summary and you feel like you have an idea only to sit there and be totally confused by what's going on in front of you as the story unfolds. You went in confident, you felt like you knew what was gonna happen, you had an idea of what the end is, only to be surprised after surprise after surprise. Today we're gonna look at a young lady in the scripture that receives some awesome news and based off of the Old Testament promises, may have had a particular understanding only to be surprised after surprised after surprised how God was going to be moving in and through her as God fulfilled his mission in the world. And yes, I'm talking about Mary. I'm talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I want to look at two verses to kick us off of how she's introduced to us in the scripture when the angel Gabriel shows up to give her some great news. I want to look at two verses of what he says to her in Luke chapter 1. I want you to go to Luke chapter 1 and we're going to look at verse 28 and verse 30 of his greeting. In Luke chapter 1 verse 28 it says, and the angel came to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, that's cool. Verse 30. Then the angel told her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. There hasn't been anything she has done to receive this favor. There hasn't been anything that she has achieved. God, in his sovereignty is in his omniscience, in him being all-knowing, in all his omnipotence, his being all-powerful, he has decided he wants to use her for a particular mission that he has in the world. We know the story. We, when we celebrate Christmas, we, we highlight the angel coming to her and telling her, you know, he's bringing this good news and she's going to conceive through the power of the Holy Spirit, the son of David. He's going to sit on his throne forever. Uh, and it's going to be a work of God. And she, she, it's like, whoa, you know, like she gets the news. She hears God's plan of what God is doing to bring the promised Messiah. And her response would be kind of like me and you is bewilderment. She, she literally said, how can this be? None of this makes sense. Like, I, I, I'm not even married yet. How am I have a child? And, 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 and why me? She, she's bewildered. But she's listening. She's attentive to what God is saying because, as, as the story unfolds, we understand. She, she understands somewhat of what is to come in God's promises of a Messiah, one from the line of David, one who would be the, the Savior of Israel. And yet the story gets a little bigger 
than what she may have anticipated because this announcement is not just about the nation of Israel. This announcement is about what God is doing for the entire world. She, she, she's bewildered. She's like, man, how can this be? But she, she responds in faith. She says to the angel, she says, well, may, may it be unto me as the Lord says. She submits herself to the will of God in her life, even in bewilderment, even in not fully understanding what God is doing. But she hears God's plan for what he's going to do in and through her. And even though she doesn't fully understand it, she embraces it. That's one first lesson I want us to learn from Mary's life is even when we don't fully understand what God is doing, let's embrace it. Let's embrace it. Mary's like, I don't get it. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't even make sense naturally. Yet, may it be unto me as the Lord says. I'm, I'm the Lord's bond servant. She says, I am in full service to the Lord. She makes herself a slave to the Lord. She is making the Lord her full master. And she's going to embrace this plan even though she doesn't understand it. May we learn from this example that as God calls us into his mission in the world, we're not going to understand everything. Remember, the scripture says his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. If we don't quite get that, the scripture says that as high as the heavens is above the earth is as high as his thoughts above ours. Meaning we're not going to fully exhaustively understand what God is doing. Yet may it be unto me, as the Lord says, Man, I, I, I submit to it. She moves from that bewilderment to where there's an excitement. Because in the next few verses in Luke chapter 1, she goes to visit her pregnant relative, Elizabeth, who happens to be pregnant with John the Baptist. And as she shows up, there's something that supernatural occurs because Elizabeth uh, feels a jump within her womb. And she knows there's something special in the womb of Mary. And she celebrates and she even calls the baby in the womb of Mary, her Lord. And Mary goes on to celebrate and praise God. She moves from bewilderment and, and, and not fully understanding, but she embraces to now excitement and worship. See, the news was confirmed. God was doing something supernatural in her life and she could only worship. It was exciting. She was thrilled about what God was doing. But, but notice that it, 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 it's with her. Because soon after this, she has to tell her betrothed husband, Joseph, and Joseph wasn't having it. You know, we, we looked at Joseph before. Joseph wasn't having it. Joseph was like, no, nah, uh, you, you got to move on around. The scripture, he was con fully convinced he was putting her away. He was, he was not going to go through with the wedding. He was going to divorce her. And it took an angel to come and confirm to him the work of the Lord in Mary's womb. It's a lot of confirmation. There's a lot of information in hearing about God's plan. And it comes to fruition. Her, her time comes. They go down to Bethlehem just as the Old Testament scripture said the Messiah will be born. She gives birth to this child and notice that even in Matthew chapter 1 verse 25 it says that Joseph kept her a virgin until she gave birth meaning she fulfilled the scriptures. Now she goes from a point to hearing God's plans. Now she's experiencing and growing in God's plan. She's growing in God's plan. She's a part of the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures and the days of fulfillment come and she gives birth to this child as a virgin. Just as the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, it's come to pass 
Not only has she heard God's plan, now she's experiencing this thing. She's walking in it. And the angels go to the shepherds. The shepherds come and they see Mary, Joseph, and the baby in the manger, just like the angels said. And now they hear a report from the angels. They got another confirmation. Look at what God is doing. Now, at this point, you think, if I got all this confirmation from the Lord in my life of what he's doing, man, I'm going to walk around. I'm this super follower of Christ. I'm this super follower. Nothing is going to deter me from my walk. I got confirmation after confirmation. I got the Lord leading us. We got angels telling us where to go and, and when to go. And we got all this protection. She's experiencing the Lord at a level that's amazing. She's walking in what we would call hope. She's walking in hope. She's seen, she is experiencing and seeing the Lord come through just like he said he would. Not even just to her, but now she knows I'm actually walking out what was prophesied hundreds of years before I was even born. But you know what's interesting? When the shepherds come and they share the news and they leave, there's something that the scripture says that I think is vitally important. In Luke chapter 2, verse 19, it says, But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. Mary did receive one piece of news. It was already told to Joseph, but now he's been called Savior, and he's been the Savior of the world. And she's like meditating, and she's pondering, and she's, she's hiding these things in her heart. Like, hold on, what, what, what can this mean? And yet there, there's this hope. And when you, when you got hope, you know, you walk a little different. She's walking in hope. And in this hope, Mary and her now husband, Joseph, they walking in obedience. They doing exactly what the Lord says when it comes to a baby. This is their first baby. They get them circumcised on the eighth day. They present them to the temple. They, they doing all the stuff. Even when they flee to Egypt and come back, it says that they would take the pilgrimage to uh, Jerusalem for the Passover, just as the Old Testament scripture said. Like they were just walking in obedience. And then something happens. Something happens that, that kind of throws that hope kind of off, off kilter a little bit. There comes some confusion in what Jesus' life would really look like, like what this thing would look like. Now, she knows she's giving birth and she's raising the Messiah. She's raising this promised Messiah who in the Old Testament scriptures, they were anticipating was going to set them free. They have this, they have the Romans ruling over them right now and they waiting on Messiah to come rescue them. And now Mary knows this is him. But when Jesus is 12 years old, they go up to Jerusalem to worship for the Passover. They go back. It's a traveling party. It's a bunch of them traveling. It, it, it sounds kind of crazy. They forgot about Jesus. They lost Jesus. Took them three days. They found him. They find him in the temple teaching. He's wowing everybody. And when they come to him, Jesus says something that, that can throw him for a little bit of a loop. He says in verse 49 in Luke chapter 2, he says, Why are you searching for me? He asked them. Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be in my father's house? Verse 50. But they didn't understand what he said to them. They is, is Mary and Joseph, the parents. They've been told that this is Messiah. They've been told that this is the Son of God. They've been told that this is the Son of David. They have all these promises coming to a head. And yet, hold on now, what does this really look like now? I don't know what's going on. He done hit 12. Now all of a sudden you fast forward. The scripture jumps from Jesus being 12 years old to 30. And he starts his public ministry and at his first miracle at the wedding at Cana, it's hilarious. 
Jesus, his mama sitting with him. Now, we, we look before some somewhere at this point, Joseph must have passed away. He's not mentioned anymore. And Mary's with Jesus and they run out of wine. Mary says, son, do what you do. And Jesus has to correct her. He's like, and it sounds harsh. He's like, woman, it's not yet my time. Again, there's some confusion on what Jesus is going to be doing, how he's going to be fulfilling his ministry, how he's going to be walking out all the expectations. Mary think it's time for him to show who he is. Jesus said it's not time yet, but, but he does a little miracle. He turns the water into wine. And it was the best. And only the disciples knew what he did. More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series Forever Family with your donation to the ministry. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches how believers do not relate to one another like family, but we are truly family in Christ Jesus. Go to daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org to give and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. At 12 years old, she wasn't quite sure. Now at 30, she's still not quite sure what Jesus is supposed to be doing. Now it gets even better. It gets even better, y'all. In Mark chapter 3, it's Jesus out here teaching. Jesus doing all these amazing things up in Galilee. They, they, they're living up in, in Capernaum. He's, he's, he's preaching. He's teaching. He's casting out demons. He's, he's showing great authority, great power. And it says that his family thought he was crazy. His mama and his brothers and sisters thought he was out of his mind. Now, if you think that I'm making that up, in Mark chapter 3, verse 21, it says, When his family heard this, they set out to restrain him because they said, he's out of his mind. See, Jesus wasn't quite measuring up to what they thought Messiah was to do. Why am I highlighting this? Because sometimes we place expectations on Jesus. There are times that we place expectations, our own expectations of what we think should be occurring on Jesus and the ministry he's called us to when we are missing exactly what Jesus wants, to, wants us to experience. We have to be careful that we don't box Jesus in. We got to be careful that we don't place our own expectations. Even when we recognize who he is, May we never put on him what we want or what we think, but may we embrace what he does before us, what he is doing around us, what he is doing in and through us. I say this because we experience this all the time in life. Don't fret. Mary did the same thing as us. She thought her baby was out of his mind. She thought he was doing too much. It's like, like, hold on, you, you stepping out of line. She didn't quite grasp yet who he was and what he was supposed to be doing. Some of us, too often, we don't recognize really who Jesus is and what he's supposed to be doing, what his ministry is, how he's moving, what he is doing in the world. His family thought he was crazy. They were not understanding. Yet they continue to witness Jesus break down their paradigms. He's destroying every paradigm before them. 
Mary goes to another stage. Uh, we're walking through this line where she gets this news, this bewilderment and excitement, and she's walking in this hope. But now she's in this stage of confusion of what Jesus is really doing. You know what it gets? Downright to despair. Because we see Mary at the crucifixion. Mary is standing there with her sister, Mary Magdalene, and a few other people. It might have been some more Marys because Mary was a popular name. And we got the beloved disciple. And we got all these people present. And they are seeing the hope of Israel being killed by the Romans. Roman crucifixion. Roman capital punishment. I love to tell people, when we think about the cross, it's gotten so Christianized, it was capital punishment. Like, today, if Jesus came in this time, we might be, you know, uh, people might be rocking on their chain like a like a, a electric chair or, you know, the gas chamber or something. I don't know, a big, a big syringe, you know, for the needle, capital punishment, whatever, whatever that state uses. Right. Like that was Roman capital punishment. It was humiliating. It was torturous. And they are seeing a scarred, beaten, crushed, mauled Messiah strung up. And let's think about just everything that Mary's been told. This is the Messiah. This is the Son of God. This is the Son of David who is going to sit on the throne of David forever. And that very one that she gave birth to, that very one that she raised up, is now looking at her hope on a cross. Dying the death of a criminal by foreign rule. If you look through her eyes, at the Jewish expectation and anticipation of Messiah to come, all hope is lost in that moment. Mary is standing at the cross looking at her son literally die. Just before he dies, he places her in the care of the beloved disciple, whom we identify as John the Apostle. Scripture says even from that day forward, she lived in his house. Son of Zebedee, they had, you know, the, the sons of Zebedee Fishing Company. They, 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 they seemed to be, you know, well-to-do. He was able to take care of her. Hope shattered. What do you do with that? Like, what do you do with that? You see, like, like the one who's Messiah literally dies, and they, 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 they bring him down, and then they, they bury him. They place him in a tomb. You see this for yourself, John 19, verse 20, 25 through 27. She's standing right there. And a few days later, they go. She along in Mark 16, 1 through 8. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she's, she's with the other ladies, and they go to anoint his body. They even wondering, who's, who's going to roll away the stones so we can anoint his body and take care of him? She is all convinced he is dead and gone. But she experiences something. She experiences for herself what to be known as the, the, the most glorious miracle in the history of mankind, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because as she goes and the other ladies go, they find the stone has been rolled away. They speak with, angelic, with an angel. They have news that he's been resurrected. They go back and they turn and they speak with the resurrected Jesus. Just when it seemed like all was lost, just it seemed like God wouldn't come through 
on his promises or I just totally misunderstood what God had promised. God shakes her world. God breaks down every paradigm. God breaks down every limitation in Mary's mind because what seemed impossible she found as she was already told by the angel Gabriel with God all things are possible. She speaks with her resurrected son. And she's told, go back, tell the disciples. They go back and they tell the disciples, he's risen. They ain't trying to believe it. So they're like, we got to go check this out ourselves. She, along with Mary Magna, other like they go and they give a report. They go testify about their experience that Jesus is risen. But hope moved to confusion. It moved to despair. But then it moved to trust. It moved to trust because now, she has experienced yet again the impossible. She had already had a virgin birth that she experienced. She's already been dealing with angelic communication. And now she is interacting with her resurrected son, the savior of the world, who came to die for sinners like me and you. To pay our penalty. There's nowhere else for her to go but to just trust. At that moment, she's like, look, there is nothing in no way, no how I need to doubt God ever again. No way, no how I need to doubt God ever again. And you know one of the last places we see Mary's name? We One of the last places we see is in Acts chapter 1 when the disciples are gathering Verses 12 through 16, they're gathering, they're going to choose, they're going before God, and they, they're replacing Judas Iscariot. It's one of the 12. And the scripture says in verse 14, they were all continually united in prayer along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. The family moved from confusion and doubt, and this dude is crazy, to they are full-fledged committed followers and worshipers. Of Jesus the Christ. See, when you experience God and his faithfulness, the only place you can go to is, is worship and trust. And I love Mary's uh, character arc. Because there's these ups and downs through her walk of faith. There's these ups and downs in her walk of disobedience. There's these ups and downs where she's even trying to correct Jesus. Like, now, Jesus, you, you kinda, you're going about it wrong. Now, Jesus, you need to do this. She's trying to tell Jesus what to do and correct Jesus where she's being put in a place and knowing that, yeah, she might have birthed Jesus, but Jesus is Lord of all. And Jesus may go about things in a different way than you may think. May we learn from Mary's story and her Walk with Jesus as she has learned to walk with God. That our expectations and our anticipations, we can't even imagine what God has in store. We can't even imagine what God is going to be doing. May we never feel like we need to correct Jesus. But may we submit. May we worship and may we trust God knows best. God knows what he's doing and his plan is much bigger than just what he's doing in me and you. But it's about what he's doing in the world. And just like Mary, he is calling you and I into his mission. Let's be encouraged by Mary's walk that don't, don't beat yourself up when you, when you get out of step. 
Don't beat yourself up when you feel like you're kind of doubting. Don't beat yourself up. This walk, this Christian walk, there are highs and lows. There are ups and downs. There are peaks and valleys. And through it all, may we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. My charge is we as believers continue to live out our faith, even when we don't understand. Knowing that God has a plan and a purpose and a mission and he will see it through. May we just continue to trust, obey, and give him all the glory, honor, and worship he is due. And as we go through it, we're going to mature. We're going to grow. And and you know what? We ourselves will become more and more Christ-like ourselves. The Holy Spirit is doing a work in us as we walk with the Lord that we can't even explain. We can't even fathom. And yet he's doing it himself. This message is all about learning to walk with God. Learn to walk with God. It is a process. There is maturation. There is maturity. There is formation. There is conforming as we become more like Jesus. So don't beat yourself up. But the goal is that tomorrow we're a little closer to Jesus than we were the day before. That next month, next year, five years, ten years from now, we're closer and a little more like Christ. We're trusting at a whole nother level. We're worshiping at a whole nother level. And we are participating and God's mission in the world at a whole nother level. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the series, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Experiences, where we learn how God uses everyday normal people to accomplish amazing things for the kingdom of God. If this ministry has blessed you and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.